Welcome to another episode of the Pet Podcast. Today I'm very excited. We've got a very special guest, JP de Villiers. So, JP, uh, I got the pleasure of seeing speak at an event probably a week or two here in Dubai. Um, he focuses on spiritual fitness and more in terms of mental performance coaching. We've had a lot of a chat, before, well, a very brief chat before the podcast. We're already hitting it off in terms of a lot of things. So I know this yeah. is going to be really good in terms of where we're going to go. So uh, really excited for the conversation we're about to have and thank you for your time. So good to be here, man. I have to give a shout out to Matt for introducing us. Yeah, he's a top guy. Um, we, we could go into that actually. What do you think is the the thing why some men get pulled together and on the same alignment, and some people don't? It's just what your your vision is for your life. You know, I think it's very easy to to feel disconnected from people when you're not heading in the same direction. And for me, you know, if I use Matt, for example, and I think the reason why we're connected is because we have two things at the center of our life, and that's success and happiness. And I've been around a lot of successful people in my life, but, uh, and introduced to them. And after I meet them, I'm like, I have no intention of spending more time with that person because they're bloody miserable. Or they're, they've given up on life, or they're compromising, they're settling. And uh, definitely after knowing you for a few minutes, I know that's not what you're about. <laughs> it's definitely what, not, what I'm not about. Uh, and same goes for Matt. 100%. I think um, you meet people sometimes and you just click. And it's almost like a magnetic effect where mm. like, and one of the things you said that was really interesting. Sometimes I feel very alone that like I walk around the world and like no one's in my wavelength. And suddenly I find someone like, fuck, there's someone else who understands yeah. or like sees things the way I do. And I think so many people are like, blinkered and a bit like sheep that they don't really see anything above the surface level if that makes sense mm. I uh, I remember being a kid and observing I've always very much been an observer of people and life and tried to understand why we do what we do and why are we the way we are and I remember being a kid even as early as 13 feeling separate from the world and feeling like I'm just different and I guess in a way I still feel like that, but I've learned to to love that side of me. I don't go with a crowd, clearly. <laughs> um, I don't conform. Uh, and I always question uh, who, who am I and why are people the way they are? I think we, we, all, we all can be more. We can all become more. And, you know, I don't know if you know, I think you do, but last year I went through an ordination and became a Buddhist monk. And I lived as a Buddhist monk, not because I was having a midlife crisis, because I'm obsessed about understanding how we can be more. Uh, and what I've learned in, in hindsight now, being almost 42, is that you can't do that in the chaos. And one of my quotes in my business is, you won't find the clarity in the chaos that you're in. So to get clarity on your life and who you can actually be, like understanding the potential of the seed that becomes the oak tree, you can only find it in stillness. So to anyone that is courageous enough to spend time on their own, I applaud you. It's funny you say that, because I actually think all the time, my favorite thing is just being on my own. Like sitting and being in my own thoughts, like no other shit. And I went to the Maldives at the start of month, three, four weeks ago, and I didn't realize how burnt out I was until I went. Mm. Um, and I did the same thing last year. I went, didn't have my phone for four or five days, like no external contact, no social media, no one harassing me, no, like my own thoughts, my own thoughts. And one of the big things I'm a believer is that 
nowadays people actually don't have their own thoughts there are things they see or things people say to them um and i just sat and read like five six books in four days and just cleared my head and i feel like i came back as a new person mm. and i think that's one of the things people aren't present enough with themselves if that makes sense they're a bit like busy fools chasing themselves in circles yeah i have a, a practice called triple m uh, and it's just so crazy. And we were talking before being on camera about this, how some people aren't just willing to do the most basic foundational work that will allow you to have a more optimized life. I have a framework called Triple M. This thing, if you do it every day, it will change your life. One, meditate. Be still. Two, move. So you know, being in fitness and business, that when you move, you have better thoughts. And then three, mind dump. Write whatever comes out you're going to learn some stuff about you. Sometimes when you write stuff about yourself and you just sit in that meditation, you open up your body, get the blood and the oxygen moving around your body, and then you just write whatever comes up. Sometimes it's going to be 10x goals, super inspired. Maybe after you've just landed in Dubai. Every time I land in Dubai, my goals change. Every time for seven years. And sometimes it's going to be the worst language that you use when you talk to yourself. But if you don't reflect, you will never find the truth of what your potential is and what's really going on inside. I believe that reflection guides us to the truth and the truth sets us free from our own suffering, from our own limitations, from whatever it is that's keeping us back. So I wish more people would do that. I wish more people would reflect. Do you think people are afraid of sticking like digging down like even this is weird not weird but like I was doing some work with psychologists last two three years and like he started unearthing stuff that I didn't really want to deal with maybe stuff to do with my childhood and parents and like mm. shit like that and it helped a lot in some respects in connecting the dots in terms of like people say the way I behave mm. uh, and I wasn't shown like huge amount of love as a child in terms of like I don't know like hugging and shit mm. like that whereas that probably comes across now in terms of my own personal relationships because I'm not like that because that wasn't the way I was brought up. And I think that often made me feel that I was sometimes um, not good enough, but it was just the way I was brought up. And I think I'd probably held a bit of a grudge against them for that. And I think when I suddenly connected the dots and understood some of the inner workings of my brain, I think that helped almost remove some of the skeletons of my closet, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's, look, there's a program running like the the program in your macbook or your your laptop um, and that software can be updated but if you don't update the software something's going to happen because you can't make progress you can't move forward and we get our programs written every single human being gets their programs written as a child because we come into this world with no rules so you have to create your own rules. You have to create your own understanding. You have to create your own judgments, which is just a lack of understanding. Because we have to understand everything in our life. And if we can't understand it, like, oh, this is the way it is because of that, or he hurt him because of his childhood, then what we do is we will judge. And judging is a way of creating understanding. The only thing is judging creates suffering. So as a kid, between the ages of five and seven especially, we are writing these, these rules in this rule book. And it comes from our role models or lack thereof. 
as in our parents or our guardians, our environment and what we see around us, and our experiences of intensity. If you see a car crash and you see some body wrapped around the car, that's going to write a program that says driving is dangerous. If you see unhappy parents and you create in your rule book that being married is not a happy place to be, that's going to affect your relationships. Now, I'm not saying that however your childhood was, that's how your life will be. I'm saying the opposite of that. I had a lot of things that I observed as a child. And when I opened my awareness to understand that actually we can rewrite the program, and by the way, there's training for this that every human being should do, neuro-linguistic programming, understanding how your brain is programmed and understanding how you can reprogram it. When I realized that I could reprogram the software, that's all I've been doing ever since. Uh, and first, you have to be able to recognize by uh, and understand who you are. And you can't understand who you are until you visit where you've come from. How can you? you know, how can you understand your journey? If I want to share with you my journey today from the hotel to here, I need to know which way I came. I can't just say, oh, I just kind of turned up. If I want to share with you as much of my journey, if I want to understand my journey, to understand how long it took, what it, what it took for me to get here, I need to go back and revisit it. And the more I revisit and the more in detail I go, the greater the understanding, the greater the awareness. And then I can go, okay, that could have been done better. That cr crash wasn't my fault or um, almost hitting the car in front. Actually, yes, that scared me, but that wasn't my thing. That wasn't my shit, excuse my language. That was the driver's stuff that I've been carrying for years. Or that was my mother's stuff. Or that was my father's stuff, etc. So, yeah. One of the things you mentioned there is uh, the word suffering. W what does that mean to you? Well, there's three root causes of our suffering. Greed, anger, and ignorance. And suffering is where you feel, in my opinion... It's where you feel not full. Where you feel there's something lacking in your life or worse. You feel empty. So the first root cause of our suffering, and this is taken from Buddhism, this is not my teachings, is greed. Wanting more of what you want. You can never have enough. Therefore, there will always be something missing in your life and you will never be full. You will never be fulfilled. Two, anger. Anger, hatred, jealousy, negative emotions towards someone else. But anger is not wanting what you don't want. So you want it to end. Now you're trying to, rather than grab something in your life constantly, attention, acceptance, significance, bigger bank balance, bigger house, fancier car, more people looking at you, right? That's the, the greed and desire. Now you're trying to push stuff away. Oh, I don't like negativity. Oh, I don't like uh, this. Or I don't like that person. But whatever we resist persists. I often say that having anger or hatred or not being able to forgive someone is like pushing against a moving wall or a door that's trying to push open this way and you're pushing and you're pushing and you're pushing. And the longer you keep resisting it, the more exhausted you get, i.e. suffering, 
until eventually you can't push it away anymore and it bop, bop, slaps you in the face. And then you go, oh, I've got to push it away again. Push, push, push. The only way to get rid of that is to accept that everything is as it is. Don't make it worse than it is, but make it better. And then the third root cause of our suffering is ignorance, otherwise known as delusion. And we had a conversation off camera that sometimes <laughs> ignorance is bliss, but that we were being playful yeah. with that. Ignorance is not bliss. Part of my vision in my life is to get people to open their awareness and never stop learning. Because the minute you think you know everything, that's when your suffering starts. Because life is about growth and life is about progress. I've tried to live most of my life with the belief that I don't know everything. When I ordained as a Buddhist monk, once again, not thinking that I know it all, put on my student hat and let me go learn from Buddhist monks. They said, you can take that one step further. As a monk, you're going to live your life thinking, I know nothing. Now, if you go through your life at 30, 40, 50, 60, believing that you know nothing, what does that open you up to? A limited potential. Everything. Mm. But if you say, I've tried it all, I've done my best, I've, I've tried every way, suffering now starts because you can't grow. But it's not true. You just haven't done enough or you haven't done the right thing or you haven't put yourself in the right environment or you haven't studied with the right teacher. And the beauty of that is when it comes to ignorance, you can continuously remove this ability to suffer or this way in which you can suffer by just studying every day. Study the world. Study people. Study your industry. Study yourself. Because if you don't understand yourself, you will never understand others and you will never understand the world. The easiest way to have a great understanding and awareness of the world and people and, and why we are why we are is to know thyself. Why do you think so many people have got deluded from knowing themselves? Do you think some of that is because of, particularly I say maybe I see it with men, it's like the status game of the way the world's played now in terms of social media and maybe mm -hmm. like a, a false facade in terms of what people are chasing. I think people don't look internally enough in terms of what they really want. And I think what will happen is that in 10 years they get the status that they perceive they want, that then they feel super unfulfilled and happy because it wasn't the bigger house they wanted or the flashier car. And then they probably suddenly, it suddenly dawns and they're like, this doesn't really mean anything. That is an amazing question. Uh, and in short, it's because they're looking for their happiness in the wrong place. If everyone in the world knew where they would find happiness, governments would have a really hard time. Designer labels would have a really hard time. Social media platforms would have a really hard time. Because for many, many years, we've been conditioned to believe that happiness and success is found in attaining, in achieving, in receiving, in consuming. 
So as long as we keep thinking that our happiness or success, which is for me the greatest version of success, happiness, because you can be successful monetarily and still unhappy. But if you, as long as you believe that your happiness is on the outside, that keeps the whole system going. And it will do. Year after year, decade after decade, century after century. So they need you to keep thinking. The, the big corporations, the, um, the big companies that are controlled, the media, they need you to keep thinking that your happiness lies outside of you. Because I'm conscious of where we are and what country we're in. I don't want to use bad language. But if we understood that you will not find your ultimate happiness on the outside, then you would be free. You would be free. And in my opinion, not that I am a conspiracy theorist, when it comes to COVID, if we look at COVID, we were being told to do certain things, to live in a certain way, to get a vaccine. For whatever reason, you know, I, I got COVID. I know it's real. So did I. Yeah. But for whatever reason, we were told to get the vaccine, etc. If people were left to their own free thinking, their own humanized thinking, they would be given freedom of choice. Now imagine the world is being imagine the whole world is given freedom of choice. What would the world do? Would they all go to the vaccine? Let's just be honest. No. Right? We'll let everyone no. answer that for themselves. So I have a bracelet that I wear because I believe it at my core, love in unity. The more we unify, the stronger we are. So what we had to do to not be strengthened, to not be free was we had to be separated. The opposite of love and unity is fear in separation. And the whole world was separated because we would be too powerful if we were allowed to make our own decisions. And that is why we are kept from education around your happiness being inside of you. Because once again, if you realize that you don't need anything on the outside, I love driving a Lambo, I love luxury travel, but I don't need these things. And when you realize that you don't need anything on the outside to be happy, you are free. But you have to go against every single system that has been placed in the world that's trying to stop you from being free. And I sound like some matrix speaker and get out of the matrix. Look, I'm just speaking my truth, Charlie. This is what I believe. This is what I know. I've been studying human beings for two decades. And part of my vision is to help people live their full potential with more wealth, health, and happiness. Not wealth when you're in front of people. Not happiness when you're buying everyone drinks and holidays. Not health in terms of uh, how you look on social media. Wealthy, healthy, happy. When you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror and you feel full. You feel full mentally. You feel full physically and energetically. And you feel full spiritually. And that is inner work. It's interesting what you said because one of the reasons I ended up moving to Dubai was to feel more free and mm. have that escape in the matrix because 
in some respect, you move from one matrix to the next, but it's less of a matrix. And I think the, the mm. previous system of Western Europe and North America, and I think that's one of the situations where too many people, they're not happy with their situation, yet they do nothing about it. And there's a, a saying I like, it's like, choose your suffering. Like you can choose to suffer now really intensely in terms of moving to Dubai, or you can choose to suffer the next 40 mm. years of your life. Which one's going to be the worst? One of the interesting things that, for anyone who doesn't know, obviously you live in, you're originally from South Africa, you live in Thailand. What like, And I've been to Thailand five, six times. People in Thailand are some of the happiest people I think I've ever seen. Like, everyone's smiling, <laughs> they're just happy. Like, yeah. And they got fuck all. Yeah. How do you see Thai culture versus Western culture? Oh man, great question again. Um, first of all, just to touch on the thing that you mentioned before, uh, Matt, Matt Haycox, uh, said to me a couple of years ago, no, sorry, just over a year ago, when we spoke about what we spoke about off camera and me deciding to, to move to the sun, I was originally going to move to Dubai. Uh, and from the conception of the idea, two months later, I had Dubai residency and I was living in a rented apartment at the address. And Matt said to me, he goes, you know what I love about you? Every day, people are going, oh, I want to move to Dubai, I want to move to Dubai. You've just done it in two months. Like, everyone has a choice. You know, there's a lot of things in our life that we cannot control. We couldn't, not, could not control. Even with awareness, we couldn't control what happened in COVID. You can't control the governments. You can't control uh, big institutions. But you always have power of choice. And we always get to choose. Either way, there's work involved. Either way, there is going to be stress involved. The stress of settling for less than you could be, the stress of not living your full potential, or the stress, or the hard work, or the, the tension involved in creating a better life for yourself. But either way, you've got to do it. So Thailand and Western culture. Let's go with Thailand and Dubai, because Thailand and Dubai are now my two homes. Thailand for home, even though I have a small bricks and mortar business there, I've just bought some land. It's very chilled out for me there. Dubai, I come for the hustle. I love it. I love the energy here. I always say to people, you can set your goals before you get on a flight to Dubai. When you land in Dubai, write your goals again. They'll be different because the environment is so inspiring. The connections are so inspiring. I've never been in a place in the world, and I've traveled to 20 countries, that so many people want to help each other. I feel like every dinner, every event, every podcast I go to, people always finish the conversation with, how can I help you? Or who can I connect you with? Anyway, so I love Dubai. It's my second home now. Uh, I don't live in the UK anymore where I lived for 20 years after realizing that it just doesn't inspire me. Why am I here? The difference for me between Dubai or more success culture and happiness culture is... If I'm invited by you to a beach club networking event, I'm going to choose what I wear very carefully. In Thailand, if you invite me to that same event, I'm going to wear whatever I want because no one gives a shit. No one cares. I've got the most expensive pair of flip-flops that I have. Is I can't even remember the brand. I wore them that little. But it's, I don't know, I can't remember, Armani or something. They're probably the most uncomfortable shoes I've ever worn. They always cut my feet. Whenever I'm in Dubai, I wear them, right? Because 
oh, you want to be seen with brands. At least this is how I show up. But I'm not speaking for everyone else. In Thailand, you can wear, I'm a big Versace fan. You can wear Versace all day long. And no one will even say, oh, Versace, nice clothes. No one cares. No one cares about your status. And I'm going to say probably most of Asia, Bali, Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia. No one cares about your status. No one cares about your title. No one cares about how ripped you are. No one cares about the clothes that you wear. What people care about is that you're happy and you're a good person. And if you're happy and you're a good person, you'll go a long way in Thailand. And, and that for me is the biggest difference. And actually a lot of the work that I'm doing in Dubai, because obviously I'm saying, oh, it's all about brands and success. There's still a lot of good in Dubai. I just mentioned about the networking. And also I believe that Dubai can be even better. You know, we met at an event that I was running called Become the CEO of Your Life. And imagine if more people in Dubai were wealthier, healthier, happier when they woke up in the first hour of their day, before they went to the job, before they stepped into their title, before they drive their car or get an, an Uber Deluxe or whatever. Dubai would be a never happier place. And when you are full, what do you want to do? You want other people to be full. So there'd be more contribution, there'd be more... Uh, f philanthropy in, in Dubai and the government uh, do such an amazing job on this you know by making this place a wealthy healthy happy place but I've also seen people here that do all kinds of unhealthy things because they're very unhappy and very unfulfilled and all they keep needing to do is chasing the next deal um, increasing their bank balance let people know that they're successful But what matters is how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself. Uh, and that equals happiness, real happiness, and inner peace. And when you go to Thailand or when you go to Asia, you just see happy people. It's not a coincidence that is called Land of the Smiles. And just quickly in closing on that one, after COVID, I was going to move to Dubai. I got my residency, my business is set up here, everything's set up. And I'm just about to move, March 2022. And then April 1st, 2022, the borders opened in Thailand. And I was like, what am I thinking? I'm going to Thailand, Dubai is my second home. And I spoke to some friends. I've been going there for 13 years. I was a professional Muay Thai fighter back in my 20s, early 30s. And I said, how was COVID? And they went, oh, it was tough. It was tough. So many business closed, uh, businesses closed. We had to support each other, just help each other get by day after day, week after week, month after month. And then they said, or she said, but we kept smiling. It's not funny you say that, but I remember myself and my ex-wife, and we got really friendly with like a waiter or something there, and we had him on Facebook or something random. And obviously everything closed down in tourism, and he had no money, was basically like starving. Mm -hmm. So I remember we were sending him money every month, and he'd send us photos of him and his like housemate with like all the food and stuff. <laughs> and it was like, fuck all, it was like, I don't know, like $200 a month or something. And that I think is, uh, one of the things in Thailand is when you go there, you, it almost like it feels like an aura of happiness, mm -hmm. but for, for no real apparent reason, but it's just got a nice energy about it. One of my really, really good friends, Alpha Mustafa, she has everything. She actually 
hosted the event where you met me. She has everything. Beautiful family, beautiful life. She's looked after, I mean, beautiful husband. They are looked after for the rest. Of, they, they don't need anything. And, and she loves life. She's so grateful for everything. And uh, she just recently went to Phuket. And I asked her, how was it? And she just said, oh, man, the people, the people, just the energy of that place is amazing. And it's truly special. And, you know, I think like a lot of people have, I've been coming to Dubai for years. I've called it my second home for years. Many people have bad things to say about Dubai, but I'm also from South Africa. Many people have bad things to say about South Africa. Many people have bad things to say about UK. And then also, let's be really honest and open, many people are judging me because I've moved to Thailand. I'm not stupid. I'm sure they're going, why has he moved to Thailand and this and that? But yes, it has a, a, a negative side to it, but so does every country. So does every country. Your experience that you take from anything is what you choose to focus on. Someone said to me recently, oh, I can't believe you've made Dubai your second home. I'm like, well, that's okay. You don't need to. I know what I'm focusing on and I know what I get out of each experience and, er and every relationship in my life. I know what I'm getting from Thailand and I absolutely love it. Moving to Thailand, I'll share something very quickly. I believe in the law of attraction. I believe in the universe observing you throughout your life in the decisions that you're making in your life. And I believe that most people sit on the fence. And they're going, why isn't God supporting me? Or why isn't the universe supporting me? Because you're on the bloody fence. Get off the fence. Get the clarity and the courage and the compassion to give yourself permission to live your best life. And then the universe or God, whatever that means for you, will say, oh, thank heavens. Thank you for finally making a decision. And when you do, the universe will support you. Uh, and I took a courageous decision. I have never said a bad word about my ex, but I got divorced because I realized that the UK was not for me. And that for a long time, I was not living my truth. And that was creating my own suffering. My ignorance to think that I couldn't live a better life, that I couldn't move to sunny countries that i had to stay where i was etc and that actually turned into greed or not greed desire wishing to be traveling all the time now i live in thailand i don't even want to travel that much because i'm ha i'm happier and the anger and resentment towards my partner even though she's perfect she was an amazing partner i went through a stage in my life where i almost lost my life when i was hit by a car i'm so grateful to this day that we shared our life together in that moment but it was not for me. And when I finally had the courage to move, it would take me another half an hour, Charlie, to explain to you all the things that keep coming into my life. And I believe that, that a lot of the times why you don't have good come into your life is because the universal energy is what, that wants to support you like the natural flow of nature, everything in nature is moving until there's a block. A block in the wind, a block in the cloud, a block in the sun. Most of the time, we are the only thing in our way. And when you can get clarity on what you want and the courage to take action and the, and the compassion to give yourself permission and you do it, maybe you need some truth and accountability in form of coaching or, or accountability friend or someone like you that's clearly all in in life, miracles can happen. 
in your life. And yes, I believe in miracles. One of the things you said then that really made me smile was you moved to Thailand and you didn't want to leave. When I was in the UK, all I wanted to do was fucking leave. I wanted to go on holiday like every month because I was like, I think one year I did 48 flights because I was like, and that's really just resonated with me of like, now I'm in Dubai, I don't really want, I'm going away on Monday, but I don't want to go anywhere, I don't want to leave. Now I like, always have to be like dragged out of Dubai kicking and screaming. Dude, for years and years and years, I told everyone, traveling is the most important thing to me. And I had a great time traveling. But now that I've anchored myself in my absolute truth and in an environment that inspires me every day, whether I walk to the shop, run to the beach or drive my motorbike around the island, I don't want to be here anywhere else. So it's crazy in hindsight mm. to, for both of us to think that actually we were just trying to escape. escape. I was going to say it in a nice fluffier way, give us house permission to move <laughs> into what we love. But really, it's escaping. Escaping. I think the big thing that I see with a lot of people is that they don't understand not making a decision is actually making a decision. So people mm. sit on the fucking fence for five, ten years, and then they get to 15. They're like, oh, when I was 33, I should have really taken that jump and done this. Mm. And like the biggest fear you can always have is like regret. I think you're always better off taking the leap and then figuring it out and things work themselves out mm. and i think the way things manifest from then onwards if you're open-minded to try new things a lot more opportunities just naturally come your way from that mm. whereas i think if you stay very close-minded and guarded and that's a very british thing and i'm british i can say that is a, a cultural weakness we have in terms of like when i left my nine to five job people were saying to me like you're fucking insane like what are you doing going you're leaving your job to train people on the internet how to lose weight i was like yeah see you later and um, the reality, I remember my partner at the time, she only told me this like a year ago, that um, her dad was really worried that uh, like thought I had lost the plot and like, why is he sacking off his job? And he's just gonna go and train people on the internet how to lose mm -hmm. weight. And I think that's where a lot of people need to get a greater understanding of backing themselves and then also not listening to other people's limiting belief because British culture, Western society very much wants us to conform to the normal of you you have a nine to five, you get a mortgage, you have two kids, you get a dog, and then you die. That's basically it. Uh, and the reality is that that then becomes very unfulfilling if that's not what you really want. And mm. both of us saying that we used to like to travel, we live in the UK, and now you don't want to go anywhere, says that you probably found the happy spot of where you really want to be. Mm. Yeah, and I found the happy medium as well. Mm. Taken from uh, my time as a, a monk and training to be a monk, I've learned a lot about finding your your middle path or your middle way you know i don't want to be a monk i also don't as in i don't want to live as a monk uh not right now anyway because uh, i'm enjoying life too much but also i don't want to live in the material world all the time as in be in dubai all the time i love the amount of time that i spend in dubai and i rinse every second out of it running walking meeting friends dinners lunches hanging out with matt uh, going on podcasts etc and then i and then i leave and i go back to my little paradise island opinions are important but not all opinions matter you know this very well, I'm sure. People that tell you you train too much are fat and out of shape. Of course, there's exceptions to this rule in every case. People that tell you you're crazy to do what you're doing hate what they do for a living. 
and they've settled for conformity uh, and they are living someone else's life, building someone else's dream, running towards someone else's vision. People that say happiness isn't important and you should just crack on with your work don't enjoy what they do. This is what I believe. People that say money isn't important either have a bad relationship with money or don't have any money. Because I believe money is one of the most spiritual things in the world. If I want to go help 50 dogs right now that need rescuing, I can't do that with namaste. <laughs> like, I need money for that. Or you need influence to help other people support that cause. So opinions are really important. Feedback is so valuable. Feedback is actually feed forward. If you can, one of my highest values tattooed on my eye is truth. If you can allow others to be honest with you, you can learn a lot about yourself. But not all opinions and not all feedback is important. A great way to look at where I should be paying attention to feedback and opinions is do I actually want the life of the person that's giving me an opinion? And if, the, if it's not, just go, thank you. <laughs> That's uh, one of the truest sayings. It's like, I only take advice from people who have got more experience than what I want. So for example, if you, someone's trying to give you a financial advice yet you're 10 times more successful than them, why are you going to listen to them? Or business advice yet they don't have a business. And I think mm. that sometimes where um, the ability to think critically and select the information you use, like, I'm a really big believer in terms of asking feedback. I ask people's opinions on everything mm. just because I like a different perspective. A lot of the time I pay no attention to the answer, but I'm just curious in terms of mm. what people are going to say. And I'm a big believer. Like one of my favorite sayings is um, a genius doesn't have great answers. He asks great questions. So I like to ask people a lot of questions all the time in terms of um, just me, how I can improve X, Y, Z. Even like Matt on uh, the last podcast I did with him, I said to him... You've done uh, two, right? Uh, we've done, I've done one on his and he's been, been on mine. Uh, right. And I asked him on my podcast, I was like, uh, where's the one area you think I should need to improve or what should I focus on? Because I'm always mm. receptive to what people think is the next step in terms mm. of progression or something that maybe you're blindsided to. Because I think, as you said, your field awareness is only very small. Mm. People have a different perspective from a different background can add you a lot of value. And I think too many people have too big an ego to ask other people's perspective sometimes. Mm. And also, if you just think of it as blind spots, mm. when you drive your car, there's certain spots that you can't see. If you could see every angle from driving, why would they create those annoying noises that go dee, 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 <laughs> all around your car now? Because I guess the car manufacturers understand that you can't see everything. And having someone tell you the truth, give you an opinion, give you feedback, allows you to see your own blind spots. Um, because I had a, not the worst, not the best upbringing, but a tough upbringing with many, many challenges. Uh, one thing I've been in my life is very hard on myself. And that's not necessarily a negative thing, but it can be a negative thing at times because it's also pushed me to achieve my greatness throughout my adult life. But about five years ago, I went to one of my coaches and I literally said these words, give me some truth, Andrew. And he said, okay. He goes, he's an Australian, amazing coach, Andrew Priestley. He said, you're too bloody hard on yourself, mate. 
And I was like, I needed to hear that. And here I am five years later, still reflecting on that little bit of truth. Uh, I think that uh, it takes it takes courage to face your own truth, even if that comes through the opinions of others, and believe this at my core. If you're not willing to know the truth about who you are, you're a coward. Do you think that's why people are afraid to be with their own thoughts, because they're afraid of what they're going to find out? Yeah. It's easier to just keep doing what you've always done, because it's worked for you up until now. But if you want a different life, if you want a different level of happiness, if you want a little, di- a little, uh, if you want a difference in the way you're able to impact and influence and inspire people, you've got to break out and away from what you're doing right now. Because if you were already doing what you needed to do, you'd already be where you needed to be or want to be. So, once again. Reflection guides us to the truth and the truth sets us free. And the more and more that I realize that going inwards allows me to go onwards and upwards in my life, the more I look for ways to do that. I've drank plant medicine over 20 times. I've gone to hell drinking ayahuasca. Hell. Screaming, crying, trying to kick the shaman in the head just to try and take me out of it because he wasn't listening to me, going, I'm in hell, I'm in hell. Then after that, I went and ordained as a Buddhist monk and lived in a wooden hut in the jungle uh, because I'm just, I just know that the path to the summit of the mountain, that is your life, that leads you to the center of your heart at the top of that summit, That path is truth. Being honest with yourself, being honest with others, and being allowing others to be honest with you. With being honest with you, one of the things that I am a big believer is that like the top one percent of the people in the world are focused on setting goals. Mm. What does your approach for goal setting look like and then also being honest with your truths maybe wrapped into that, if that makes sense? Yeah, so a happy life for me is being happy with where you're heading and at the same time being happy with where you are, otherwise known as being content. So how you work that out is one, and we do this at the center of our uh, coaching business, is one, figure out your values and two, figure out your vision that is in alignment with your values. So for example, and they have to be in alignment. That's how you find that happiness. If you value freedom, and you're just taking on a new job or a new project that limits your freedom, you're not on your path. You're not in your truth. You may be doing something because you think you should please others, or you're afraid to say no to this opportunity, or your logic, your head, is saying, oh, I should do this in case no other money comes in, etc. Or maybe, you know, this person will approve of me if I do this, or maybe it'll look good on social media, etc. How you create a life that's in alignment with your values, sorry, that is in your values. If you value today compassion, freedom, travel, 
financial uh, wealth. I hate the words financial stability. No one has a goal to be stable in life. I mean, that's abundance. not- Abundance. Yeah, a financial abundance, absolutely. And you value these things today. Actually, rather than uh, say it as a sentence, I'm gonna ask you a question. If you took the five things that are most important to you in your life and you lived them every day now, like you could say freedom 10 out of 10, uh, growth 10 out of 10, financial abundance 10 out of 10, would there be anything missing from your life? No. No. It's everything. So just that's, that's our job. And then because life is about growth and progress, you can't just stay doing the same thing over and over again because like everything in nature, if you're not growing, you're dying. So you will start deteriorating. You will start becoming unmotivated, uninspired. So you need a compelling and clear vision to move towards. How do you create that? Very easy. Look at your values and then say, based on the things that are most important to me, and you take a blank canvas, imagine those five values, there's five different colors. Paint whatever you want to paint and then live that life. That is your truth. But in order for you to live that truth, you can't just get clarity on what you want. You need to have the courage and compassion to move away from the things or the people that aren't on that same path. The biggest issue that I see is people operating from a, operating from like a fear mindset all the time. Mm. So it's the scarcity thing and they're not, maybe their values aren't correct and they're not setting their goals correctly because they've got this fear mindset of more like protecting and not losing rather than like stepping outside of the circle of uh, their comfort zone, for example. I'm a big believer that you should feel fear and some stress and anxiety when you're really pushing like the upper envelope of what you're capable of. And if you're not pushing yourself, you're not going to come anywhere near what you're capable of what would you say in terms of people who are struggling that they're stuck in that fear mentality that they're afraid to invest in themselves they're afraid to go and try something new in case they fail uh got you great question finishing off on that last point create goals that are in alignment with your values and your vision ask yourself is what i'm doing Ticking off boxes that keep me on my path. If not, don't do them. Oh, I'm doing this habit on the weekend. Is it keeping you on your path? Don't do it. Or accept what is and make sure you don't do it all the time. So when it comes to being able to make progress, uh, I wrote a book called Self-Confidence. And one of the things I talk about is performance achievements. We spoke about this a little bit off camera. Skill is not enough. If skill was enough, the 150 people that went to that event where I met you would all walk away and they would all take all the skill they learned and they'd go and achieve the same things. But skill is not enough and there's a reason why at the beginning of a golf tournament anyone can win but at the end it's always the same five people, same in, in, in almost any industry. And that's because psychology trumps skill every time. Look at the Olympic Games. You don't even have to be a follower of the 100-meter sprint. And when they, go, when they pan that camera across the line, just look at the faces of the athletes and you know who's in the top five. And you know who's crapping themselves at the start line because psychology trumps skill. Psychology trumps practice. And one of the ways to boost your self-confidence so that you feel like a winner you can sustain winning, and when you need to thrive under pressure, you can do that too, is to set 
small goals every single day of your life because the brain doesn't see the big goal or the small goal. It sees what first sees whether you achieved it or not. Fitness is not about fitness. If you think it's about fitness, you've missed the point. It's about certainty, energy, passion, discipline. It's about self-confidence, building the self-confidence by building your spiritual muscles, your resilience muscles, by doing what you say you're going to do and being a person of your word. One of the easiest ways to lose your self-confidence is to not be a man or a woman of your word. Why? Because to boost your self-confidence, you set goals and tick them off. To lower your self-confidence and lower your well-being, your overall well-being in your life. Say shit and don't do it. And that's one of the things, an expression I like and I see it all the time, is people are all bark, no bite. <laughs> like, they talk the good thing, that, like, mm. particular start of the year, oh, I'm going to do X, Y, Z this year. But you you know if you know the person, like, something fucking happened. Like, you, you know, you're like, it's not even worth a conversation to have it. Whereas you know certain people, like, they'll run through fucking walk. Like, if you said to jump off a, a balcony, they'll be which way, like, front, back, like, they're in. Like, whatever, yeah. they, whatever it takes, they'll do it. And what do you think it is that those people lack in terms of the mindset? Is it just, in my opinion, the biggest thing is people's self-belief. And they almost feel that they have to try and come up with these grand goals, but... Ultimately, maybe their values don't match the goals they're trying yeah. to achieve, if that makes sense. Yeah, so there's a great teacher on values, number one in the world, in my opinion, uh, on eliciting and understanding values. Uh, and his name's Dr. John DiMartini. I knew you said that. And he always says that you're most motivated to do things highest on your values and le less motivated to do things low on your values. So that does play a significant part in your motivation. And motivation is a thing, right? It's uh, been tested with hundreds and hundreds of athletes, motivation versus not motivational. Motivational practices pre-event and pre-competition versus not giving any motivational tools before an event. Motivation increases your performance by like 20%. One of the reasons you are motivated is because you know what you're doing is aligned to what you want in your life. If you're excited to do something, you're going to do it better. Would you agree? I hope so. If you're excited to do it, uh, to start your day doing something that you're excited about, like I love talking. I'm a speaker. I arrived at 3 a.m. last night. I got to sleep at like four or five. I've had three hours sleep. You don't see me lacking energy today because I love what I do because this is in alignment with my value of service and contribution uh, and, of course, the topics that we're discussing. So number one is values. That increases your motivation. Number two is the vision that I discussed before. Number three is when you look at, for people listening on audio, point A being living a life in your values now. Point B, on the right, on the other side of a page, so to speak, is your vision. So I'm in my values. I'm moving towards my vision. You've now got to have a clear mission. And the mission is the vehicle. And the vehicle, you can choose whatever vehicle you want. I'm going to be a podcaster. I'm going to be a YouTuber. I'm going to be a financial advisor. I met a financial advisor the other day. And his mission is I want to teach people that wealth is not about money. How inspiring is that? He's teaching people about inner wealth as a financial advisor. And then he's helping them make their investments, guess on what? 
on things that are high on their values and that are in alignment with their vision. I only met him last week. He was actually a guest on my mastermind and we were just blown away to hear a financial expert talking about vision and values and seeing how he got, seeing how so many people get it wrong by chasing things that are not in alignment with that. So choosing a mission that's in alignment with your vision and your values or your values and your vision. For example, my mission right now is coach or mental performance coach, speaker, and, and I'm an inspirational speaker. I want to inspire life and potential into people. I don't want to speak and sell or, or do whatever. I want to inspire people. If, I've do th- if I do that, I know I've done my job. And then number three, as an athlete, and I want to inspire people being after 40, being, uh, me being after 40, I want to inspire people to keep moving. Stay strong, keep moving, never settle. So that's my current mission. And that keeps me motivated because it's what I am choosing to do with my life. It's not what I've been told. It's not what I've settled for. It's not what I believe is the only thing I can do in my life. I have created this life. And when you create your life the way you want it, that's in alignment with your truth. That is based on you following your intuition, where your body, mind, and spirit is united, where you're respecting your nature and not trying to excel at things you're not meant to excel at, and you're doing things that actually come natural to you, that give you energy and passion and enthusiasm like this, and you harmonize the rest of your life, dude, you become unstoppable. You don't need motivation. So choose your mission and ask yourself, Am I loving what I'm doing? And if you're not, change it. No one is forcing you to drive on the highway that's taking you to where you want to, don't want to go. Take the off-ramp. But no one's going to change direction for you. No one's going to turn the steering wheel. The only one that can change the direction that we're heading in our life is us. And we can blame the traffic and we can blame the other drivers and we can blame the weather and we can blame the circumstances and blame the amount of time we have or don't have. But still, no one is going to turn the steering wheel for you. So, mission, values, vision, and then final one. And this for me, I think trumps everything. The person with the strongest spirit always wins. Have a strong why and a strong purpose for what you do. Because as Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And whether you get punched in the face literally or you get your legs broken and internal injuries and punctured lung from being hit by a car in my case or you go through a divorce or your company goes bust, or you go bankrupt, or you lose your job, that punch is coming. If you want to be a good boxer, a good martial artist, you've got to learn to anticipate that move. And you've got to learn to accept that a punch is on its way. And what's going to allow you to metaphorically get off your knee and get back up and keep moving forward is not the how, it's the why. And for example, if I can use fitness as an example, because it's so relatable to everyone, uh, I'm not doing marathon training, but I did a marathon two days ago on my own, self-supported in South Africa. I'm actually doing four marathons in four countries and four continents in four weeks. But I'm doing it not because I want it to be easy. I want it to be difficult. 
And when I got into the, the last third of the marathon on Sunday, on Mondays, no? I can't remember. What day are we? Wednesday, Wednesday. Monday. When I got into the last third, the pain cave, the dark side, facing my worst self, the only thing that got me through is why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And I kept thinking of everyone that would be watching me and seeing me at the other end of this. And it, it gave me two choices. Well, no, we all have two choices when you are faced with a challenge in your life. And I'll use a mountain as a metaphor for when you are faced with these two choices in any challenge. One, you can leave that challenge by giving up and leaving with the feeling of regret for the rest of your life. Or you can keep climbing the mountain and leave with the feeling of success for the rest of your life. Whether you leave with regret or you leave with this, the feeling of success and achievement and accomplishment and gratitude, etc., you're going to leave with one of those two things every single challenge you face in your life. And you're going to sit with that feeling for the rest of your life. So I will never, ever, ever give up. And I hope people don't ever give up on their goals, their dreams, their vision, living a life that is true to their values. And just remember, it's not what you do that will inspire others. It's why you do what you do and who you do it for. And that is your purpose. Anyway, I hope that helps motivate people to keep going. I think the big thing people need to understand, that's the choice as well, to keep going when they start to suffer. So thank you very much for this today. Uh, there's a huge amount of inspiration and knowledge and wisdom. Where's the best place for people to find out more about you? Probably just because I've been doing this almost two decades, the easiest thing to do is type my name into Google, Jean-Pierre de Villiers, because that's going to take you to my LinkedIn, my Instagram, my Facebook, my YouTube. Uh, my, probably well, our new website is JPDV Performance. I'm wearing a branded top for people on video. And uh, you can see stories of my accident. You can see stories of forgiving the driver. Yeah, that's probably the best place to go. Google my name or go to Amazon. You can find some of my books on Amazon. I've written How to Overcome Your Challenges, How to Live Your Best Life, Spiritual Fitness, Self-Confidence, all there. Uh, some of my books are on Amazon. But uh, what else? Yeah, that's it. That's it. And if you want to follow my marathon journey, I don't know when this is going to be published, but it'll be on Instagram. Awesome. Be next several weeks. Thank you very much for your time. For everyone who listened to the podcast, I know you were taking and watched it, taking a huge amount of value and inspiration from this because I know I have. Please make sure you leave us a five-star review, subscribe to the channel and on the podcast. Uh, if you share your stories and you tag me and I'll share it as well, I'm sure JP will as well. Make sure you head over and give him a follow and we'll see you next episode very soon.